This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Tommy John. Tommy John makes underwear that keeps everything in place, whichever way a man moves. For 20% off your first purchase, go to tommyjohn.com fool and use the promo code fool. That's tommyjohn.com fool and use the promo code fool. It's Monday, October 24th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser, and from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. Happy Monday, gents. You as well. Holy cow, was the news very busy over the weekend. It just kept coming. <laughs> Holy just quick hitters. Cow. We could it, probably make a couple of things up. <laughs> I think we could. It, uh, it is Merger Monday in spades, and we're going to dip into the full mailbag. But let's start with uh, the, by far the leading topic in the business world, and that is AT&T buying Time Warner for the cool sum, the tidy sum, of $85 billion. And... When I look at both stocks being down a little bit today, <laughs> I am not surprised at all. Because as someone who vividly remembers the year 2000 when AOL bought Time Warner, I'm seeing a lot of the same words being used for this deal that were used then for that deal. Jason, words like synergy, <laughs> convergence. I'm not saying that this is going to be a failure of epic proportions in the way that AOL Time Warner was. But I understand the reluctance to hug this deal with both arms. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I, as I was talking to someone with the Dallas Business Journal on Thursday, I think it was, we were talking about sort of the, the rumors that were flying around in regard to this, because everything we had heard up to that point was just hearsay, more or less. And I, I, was, I was telling them then, I thought I was just really surprised. I would be very surprised to see this happen. Um, I mean, I I understand why AT and T would be interested, and, and I mean, honestly, if you're going to sell your company, you might as well get as much as you can for it. And Time Warner, in this case, is going to be getting a lot for it if it happens. Now, I I have to say, I still really have a hard time seeing this deal actually going through. I think it's going to. It's going. I mean, they're going to put it under the microscope for sure. I mean, it seems like antitrust legislation was put together specifically for things like this. It's not like. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is this is a very very significant deal from a number of different fronts, and I mean, I think AT and T and these infrastructure companies, Verizon is another one. They know that really content is king, and we're seeing more and more of these infrastructure companies wanting to have that content in some way, shape, or form. It only makes sense. I get that. But when you look at how big Time Warner is, the properties that it has, I mean, you do have to be a little concerned if maybe this isn't really too much of a consolidation of power in the media space. I think the Turner side of the business perhaps was more attractive a time ago than than maybe it is today looking forward. I kind of wonder how much credence, how much relevance maybe CNN and other news properties like that hold with with younger generations, particularly how the media space has changed so quickly in the way people are getting their news. And and we know that I mean they make a lot of their money at Time Warner with advertising with all of those channels. And and when you're dependent on advertising like that, I mean there are businesses out there in the content side like Netflix and Amazon and whatnot building those businesses sort of on the premise that advertising sucks. And one could argue that they're succeeding. So I, I just, yeah, I, I look at this from a number of different perspectives. I mean, if I'm an AT&T shareholder, I don't like this. I think it's, I mean, they're going to lever that balance sheet up considerably to, to try to do this. It just doesn't seem like it uh, 
doesn't it just seems like a lot of a lot of reasons why why he could fail Taylor what do you think I think it's a big play for data and content um, you look at AT&T probably trying to compete a little bit with Comcast, who's going the opposite direction, maybe starting a, a mobile phone subscription service. Um, other people like Google are doing mobile vir- virtual network operators, so they're competing with AT&T as well. Now they're trying to tap into uh, HBO, CNN, and a few other uh, big name. I guess NBA is uh, is right there with it. So um, you could look at maybe them doing the same thing with DirecTV that they do, where they don't charge AT&T customers for data to stream. Um, Time Warner content, which would then obviously irk some other content providers that are charged data data um, to have their content stream. So I don't know. I look at this and I see the consolidation in 2011. 90% of American media came from six companies. It was 50 companies in 1983. So this is edging more towards even more consolidation at the top. Um, 70% of the cable TV um, came from those six as well. So uh, Time Warner Cable has several networks out there. It's going to be a long slog. I wonder what they may have to divest if they do if they do get this through. Um, but as a consumer, I don't see much benefit for myself. Maybe for the companies, but I, I just see that consolidation is worrying. To get your media from six companies across the board, that's movies, TV, sure. internet, news, everything. You mentioned Comcast. Worth pointing out that when Comcast bid for NBC Universal. At the end of 2009, that was a 30 billion dollar deal. So this one, nearly three times mm-hmm. as large. That Comcast deal took over a year to get finalized. It wasn't until January of 2011 that it finally went through, and there was opposition to that deal. Now, ultimately, there were no major concessions on the part of Comcast for that deal, but just looking at how there was opposition to that deal and how long it took to get approval. Makes me think that AT and T, if they're not already lawyered up, they better get ready because this is they're in for a slog. This is going to and, be and John Laguerre from T Mobile was on CNBC today, and he was happy as can be because he's competing with AT and T. Now they're distracted, and that's sure. his yeah. point. He's like, yeah. "Oh, I love this. This yeah, is going to totally. distract them for well over a year." Yeah, he's like, "Man, we just want to do one thing and do it yeah, really absolutely. well. Go ahead and." Um, I mean, this is going to be a political shuttlecock, really batted back and forth. I think over over the course of of easily the next year. I mean, the goal uh, the the goal to close this deal is at some point in 2017. But I mean, I I I think there if it does close, there are going to be some concessions somewhere. It just it seems to me, again, it just seems to me to be a, a very difficult one to actually get through. And if they do, I mean, from AT and T's perspective, I mean that is a very reliable business with a big and 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 uh, competitive network that that is going to continue to sort of keep those dollars coming in more or less like an annuity as people need to have their wireless uh, programs wireless plans but uh, yeah I mean it just wow it content that's that's a big big deal man 85 plus billion dollars I mean that's just uh, that's a lot. Well, then you got Verizon buying Yahoo, and and they also own AOL. So this big play for these mobile phone companies to get data and be able to advertise cheaper, more targeting. Um, just all bad things for Again, consumers. Again, back, back to the, the the premise at the very beginning. Advertising generally sucks. Most people don't like it. Mm-hmm. They would rather not deal with it. And so you're seeing. People flock toward services like those, and, and I mean HBO is is good for that. I mean mm-hmm. they don't really have advertising, and I, I you know I just man I I, mm, I don't know. 
Uh, Dan Klein is uh, one of our writers here at The Motley Fool, and uh, he sometimes shows up on uh, Industry Focus, our, our other daily podcast. And he actually has a great article on Fool.com right now entitled, How Did the Five Biggest Media Mergers Turn Out? And it's not all bad, but it is it is an article worth checking out. I'll probably tweet that out on the on the Market Foolery feed because it, it you know he goes through AOL buying Time Warner and you know Viacom buying CBS in 1999, which lasted all of seven years. But uh, am I being too hard on advertising here? I mean, I don't mean to belittle I, like the entire industry. It's I, not like it; they all just blanket suck. I mean, I just generally speaking, I think when you have a business that makes so much money from advertising, and I mean that's that's something that. I mean, the ad space has changed considerably in a very short period of time, and I don't know that really TV is where you want to be placing uh, placing those bets. Yeah, a lot of it is coming towards online, social yeah. media, things like that. But then you have Facebook, Google, they're all combining first and third party data now sure. um, to understand your data is no longer anonymous with a lot of these companies, yeah. unless you specifically go back through and file through 15 different pages of privacy settings. Um, so I agree. Advertising is becoming much more intrusive, and um, I think it's all things in moderation, right? I mean, sure. I, th- yeah. I, I mean, I think that whether it's a magazine that you flip through, and you know, for some magazines, the first thirty pages are ads, and it's like, where where are the articles in yeah. this yep. thing? Um, I, I I think that m- uh, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I my, my that's my feeling about advertising. Is if I'm watching TV, yeah, there're going to be a few ads. Yeah. As long as there aren't too many, I'm fine. Same with listening to the radio. Same with a magazine, you know. Sports but, Sports Illustrated much more enjoyable magazine for me to read than say Esquire. Sure. Because Esquire's got so many ads in it. It's like god, just where, where is the damn article? Sure. And I mean relevant <laughs> ads, relevant ads are one thing. I mean, I I think that yeah, when they become more and more intrusive, they become a little bit more frustrating. And I think we're just finding more and more alternatives out there to where we can we can avoid sort of advertisements as much as possible. But but back to the point on TV, uh Advertising on TV is a necessity. I get that, um, but typically you're going to be able to to afford great pricing on advertising when you have channels that are pushing out a lot of content that people really love to watch. Um, I'm not necessarily sold on uh, on on that dynamic with Time Warner looking forward. I think they've they've more headwinds than probably um, some might like to believe. Yet another merger, because it is Merger Monday. TD Ameritrade is buying Scott Trade for $4 billion. Ah, that's pocket change compared <laughs> yeah, to this other deal. Uh, shares of TD Ameritrade down slightly. I, I'm, I don't know. I, wouldn't, I think I'd be pretty happy if I were. I'm not a TD Ameritrade shareholder. I am a longtime customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd feel pretty good if I were them, just because the stock was already within a couple of bucks of a 15-year high. So, the fact that it's down a little bit, I think that speaks more to just the fact that they're about to write a, a pretty big check. Yeah. But this, this, this seems like a much better fit than the AT&T Time Warner deal. Yeah, you're getting your brokerage services are being picked up by TD Ameritrade, and then the the banking services are being picked up by TD Toronto Dominion up in Canada, the parent company. Um, so yeah, it seems to work out in both people's favor. But Scott Trade has been struggling top and bottom line the past couple of years. Maybe you get some of those synergies we talked about at the beginning of the show to to help operate a little bit better. Um, and they didn't pay an overwhelming price tag for it, which uh, I think that that. 
probably benefit them in the long term, trying to recoup some of the costs from this uh, as they proceed. TD Ameritrade has the scale of the largest by trading volume in the United States, so um, and seemingly not too much of a of a price tag there because they're splitting the fee between the parent company and TD Ameritrade, not equally, but. It's not four billion dollars right out of TD Ameritrade's pocket. Right. Well, and you've got so they're in the same business. Yep. So there's that synergy. Scott Trade is based in St. Louis. TD Ameritrade based in Omaha. I don't anticipate any sort of culture clash. Like I mean, you you go back and look at AOL and Time Warner. A big part of why that just failed was a massive culture clash between the way people did business at AOL and the way sort of the quote unquote old media of Time Warner operated. And yeah. I don't I don't anticipate that with, with T D Ameritrade yeah. and Scott Trade. I wouldn't think so. I think they probably operate on on the same wavelength. I mean this is an industry where I mean I agree. I think this this is an acquisition that does make perfect sense. I mean in the face of an industry where costs continue to come down I mean, it wasn't all that long ago, really, where you had to call your broker and have them execute a trade mm-hmm. for you, and it cost fifty dollars. You know, and now you actually can do that for nothing. I mean, you have platforms out there that will that will charge you zero dollars to to execute a trade. Um, and somewhere in the middle there is is the platform like TD Ameritrade and Scott Trade. And I'm a Scott Trade account holder. I've I've been with them forever, it seems. And welcome to TD Ameritrade. Well, thank you. Very much. <laughs> I'm getting the feeling that's going to be the case. I, I I'll be interested to see how they operate. If they'll continue to operate just as Scott Trade, or if they want to integrate everything into the TD Ameritrade plan. I I just don't know. I haven't read that um, part of the deal yet. But I do think it makes sense because scales an advantage. The more assets they have under management, the more that they can you know earn off of that bigger base. Uh, and so they are witnessing a a problem, at least in this in this business, where they're they're earning less and less uh, per trade. Those commissions are are going down because you're seeing a lot of competition out there just sort of foregoing that uh, that altogether. Um, so I think I think that bringing these two big names together, they they have the uh, the brand sort of cachet, and I think. Uh, Tremendous bases already, and good platforms. I mean, like I don't have any interest in leaving Scott Trade because it's always been good for me, right? And and they've always been good as far as customer service. Um, and and I think that most people feel that way, whether they're with TD Ameritrade or Scott Trade or whatever else. And so I think this uh, this makes pretty good sense. You also look at both sides of the revenue angle. Not only are the costs they're charging going down, but trades seem to be going down for individual yeah. investors as well. Yeah. So. Pinch from both sides, and then you've got robo advisors cropping up and different options out there. So, way to grow non organically. We talked about advertising before, and I said all things in moderation. And in all seriousness, that's why when we have an ad here on Market Foolery, we, we have one ad. That's good. That's it. Because believe me, we, we talked to uh, ad firms uh, at the beginning of this year who were like, you know, if you go with three ads or four ads, and we're like, no. No, we're That's not the looking. load factor. We're, right? Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not looking to do that. <laughs> what we are looking to do, though, is give a quick shout out to our friends at Tommy John, the revolution in men's underwear that focuses on fit, fabric, and function. Shirts that stay tucked, stocks, socks that stay up, which is a pet peeve for me. Like I just want my dress socks to stay up, and they do. And underwear that keeps everything in place, whichever way a man moves. It's incredibly comfortable stuff. And um, here, here's the important thing, you know, when we when we do a, a vanity URL like TommyJohn.com/fool, and we say, use the promo code fool. So, I actually went to TommyJohn.com/fool 
and I bought some stuff. And the next day, I got a little confirmation email, we've shipped your stuff. And I looked, and I realized, I didn't use the promo code FOOL. <laughs> I'm the guy reading the ad, Taylor, and I didn't use the promo code FOOL. And you know what? Didn't get 20% off. You're numb to it. You I, I, just, I blew it. So, don't be like me. Be smart. Go to TommyJohn.com slash FOOL. And Tommy John provides the best pair guarantee if their underwear is not the best you've ever worn it's on Tommy John. Who can beat that? So, get 20% off your first order. Go to TommyJohn.com slash fool. Use the promo. Please use the promo code fool. Don't blow it like I did. Plus, if your order is over $50, you get free shipping in the U.S. So, thanks to Tommy John for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. MarketFoolery at fool.com is our email address from Liam McCusker in Charm City, Maryland. That's Baltimore for the rest of you. Liam writes, I'm interested to hear your take on this news. And he included a link to a story that I have to say stunned me. It's not from The Onion, surprisingly. <laughs> it is not. That's a good point. This is not from The Onion. As background, particularly for our younger dozens of listeners, Kodak used to be one of the biggest names in traditional film photography. But now that every smartphone is a camera, you know. You can ask reasonably, what is Kodak doing? Here's what they're doing. They're unveiling the Ektra phone, E-K-T-R-A. What a terrible name. The Ektra phone with a heavy emphasis on the camera to appeal to photography enthusiasts. This is a Kodak smartphone. I can't believe I'm saying these words out loud. And if you're in Europe, because this is where this device is going to be available, Jason, and you've got 450 or so euro burning a hole in your pocket, Crikey. you can buy one of these things. I can find no <laughs> reasonable reason to actually consider buying this thing. Like, if you're a photography enthusiast, you probably own a camera. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like an actual camera. I mean, that's where it is. It's like you, you either are like. Us, I, I mean, I'm not a photographer. I mean, I have a camera on my phone, and that's the extent of my ability to take pictures and videos. Or you're uh, an enthusiast, and you've got a real camera with interchangeable lenses and stuff like that. I think uh, Rick, our producer, Rick Engdahl, yeah, he's Austin he's Morgan, who produces uh, Industry Focus. He's, 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 yeah. he's, he's a photographer. They've got some serious Seth equipment. Jason. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't see. I mean, I got to believe this thing falls short on every front. It's probably not a very good phone. I, it looks it's got a great camera, though. You know, looking at the interface, it looks <laughs> kind of confusing. I couldn't even figure out, like, what does that mean? And then it, it costs too much. So, it you, three strikes, you're lot. out. It does cost a lot. And maybe they're trying to fill the vacuum left by BlackBerry leaving the, the hardware side of things. Another company that tried to specialize in one thing with their phone being security, and now we have one phone, which is hard <laughs> to compete with, BlackBerry security. It's not so hard to compete with a camera phone. It was less than 20 years ago that, that Kodak was a $10 billion company, and today it's worth somewhere in the neighborhood of $600, $700 million. I can't believe that, I can't believe two things. One, that this is the best idea they have. <laughs> Secondly, I can't believe this is their second smartphone. Yeah, they had another one they before another this. One. How heck? did that slip by us? Well, I think that's a testament to probably how bad <laughs> the lack a product of it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kodak! Just what? What are you doing? I yeah, I gotta. I mean, maybe maybe a call to all of our listeners would be like, what's the most obvious product where Kodak 
should at least try to leverage that brand in launching something successful. So Kodak has a brand. It's it's something we all still know to some extent. What would make sense? I mean, I don't think this makes sense. Is a smartwatch maybe who knows? Should they a smart coffee mug? I I don't know. Is there <laughs> something out there that they could say, let's take that Kodak brand and really try something new and put something out there that isn't currently out there. I guess they try to argue that this currently isn't out there and maybe technically it's not, but if well, if you think back to when Intel, which is not really a consumer-facing company, but Intel started to become known by consumers because that it would be part of an advertisement for a personal computer. Like Intel, this computer has Intel inside, so you'd like, "Oh, so the chip that's powering this computer is rock solid. Okay, I'm more likely to buy this Dell or this, you know, whatever mm-hmm. computer." As you said, Jason, they've got a brand is it a partnership with GoPro? I was going to say, maybe GoPro Is it, is it looking that. around and saying, who's trying to make it in media and media production and <gasps> trying thought... to license in that way? Okay, so uh, Snap, Snapchat. You know, Snapchat apparently has decided that instead of being like a tech company, they're going to be a camera company. Yeah, with those and new eyeglasses that yeah, advertise. They've changed their name. They're now Snap Incorporated or whatever. They're going to go public and they're going to have a lot of cash at their disposal. Uh, they yeah, hope. It's, it's distinctly possible. Um, yeah, yeah, they hope. You're right. Good point. <laughs> it's distinctly possible. I shouldn't call that putt early. <laughs> I, I mean, again, I, I would look at that strategy as, uh, I mean, questionable. I mean, those guys out there are pretty bright, but I mean, typically hardware companies are kind of a race to the bottom at the end of the day. And. Uh, I imagine this Kodak phone camera will live a very short life. So, this device will be available later this year. I'm not suggesting that any of the dozens who live in Europe should actually go out and buy money or spend money on this product. But if you come across one, send us a photo. Did you say 450 euro? Yeah, so that's 550 that's like, US. Yeah, that's like a $600 phone, man. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just not that's, You get the, pic, the no brand new Google Pixel for the same price or maybe even less if you sign up for Fi. Yeah, exactly. That actually that's what we want. We want someone to use their current smartphone to snap a photo of the Ektra in a store in Europe and just Email that to marketfoolery@fool.com. Perhaps there's a social network that can come of all of this. <laughs> One can only hope. All right, Jason Moser, Taylor Ruckman, thanks for being here, guys. Yes, thanks. sir. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.